It's that 70s flow, son. Sound like Yafen Kodo. <laughs> Yo, this sound like that Yafen Kodo, son. That Beretta right there. Word. 70s flow. Born in the 70s and still busting moves like a young MC. What can I say? Good dungarees, jeans, clean living, esteem driven. On the scene, cause I seen something missing. It's that new diction. Yes, yes, one, two, one, two. This is David Shanks, aka Trom Diggs, and you are listening to a guest in the house podcast with myself and my trusty co-host. I'm Mickey Hess. I'm the guest in this metaphorical house. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. We've had some we've had some guest updates as well that we'll get into uh, later. Yeah, we've got to touch on that, I think. Right? But, but, but yeah, absolutely. And, and it all ties together. But I wanted to um, pick back up on that conversation we were having on our last episode, um, talking about the 1776 uh, commission uh, in response to the 1619 project. And I guess what those two dates signify in terms of our education system and, um, you know, our history as taught in schools. Yeah, so so as we said on on the part one of this discussion, um, where you start the story really dictates your framework and your perspective for the story. You know, I teach creative writing, and that's one of the first things you learn. You know, when you're framing a story, it's crucial to really consider where you begin. Yeah. So the story of America that we've learned in, in public education has tended to start with 1776 as this foundational moment of liberty and equality. And then the 1619 Project says, what if we started in 1619 and started with enslavement rather than liberty? It presents a very different story that you can trace through the times. And of course, some people are frightened or feel put out, to put it mildly, by that shift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so... Because I wanted to delve back in to remember the point that you were making. Well, to put a to put a bow on everything, mm. I wanted to ask you um, what the benefit. You know, if you were making the argument for a curriculum that included the sixteen nineteen project, or just the overall taking our time to really deconstruct our, our history as it's been taught and, you know, fill in the holes and, you know, kind of fact checking our history. Yeah. I mean, I've read some valid critiques of the 1619 project. I mean, it's not bulletproof. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's ever suggested that it should be the only history that a student is taught. It's, um, it's a curriculum. It's a it's a curriculum enhancement. It's a different point of view to bring into the curriculum, a different way of thinking. And that tends to be a good thing, right? right? You take a story, you take a problem, 
and look at it from a different perspective, from a different starting point. As critical race theory would say, you change your assumptions, you question your assumptions. So that central assumption, you know, America was founded as an unprecedented society of equality and liberty. What if we question that assumption? You get a different story, right? You start off on a different foot. You know what? That made me just think of a pretty fascinating question that I wanted to ask you. Mm. Get your opinion on. Because I think what you're speaking about is like, to me, at the fundamental root of education. Because I think, and you're an educator, you know, I'm just, I'm just an MC. Um, <laughs> that's not true. Dr. Chris Edmond, the homie Chris told me that I was an educator as oh, well. Man, I've learned a lot from you. You've got chapters out in books about teaching writing. You've been a guest speaker and a panelist. I think you're an educator. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. So as educators, <laughs> I'm not a formal educator, I guess, right? You're talking about education as, I mean, outside of one plus one is two and all of that, but from a critical standpoint, so your languages, your English, your history, your social studies, your poli sci, you know, your your social things. Yeah. Education is like the presentation of multiple ideas, multiple stories, multiple viewpoints and you're digesting this information eventually it's going you're going to find where you land in all of that uh-huh. but you need to know all the information and then you need to be taught critical thinking sure that's what our children should be learning and you know educators will by nature have their own bents their own biases, their own take on things. And there's really no way to eliminate that altogether. Correct. But you're going to have so many educators throughout your life, um, throughout your time in school. It's really not a problem unless we really have this monolith of socialist professors, which in my experience, and I know a lot of professors, it's just not true. It's just not reality. In fact, uh, I've, I've been accused a lot of times of being too far out there. You know, oh, that just sounds like this big conspiracy theory. Um, yeah, so. so being someone in the system. Yeah. Does the education system set out to do what we're discussing? And if if so, or if not, why not? Like what? You know what I mean? Because I don't feel like we learn in that manner. You feel like we don't learn in that manner or that we're in not In terms taught? of the stimulation of critical thinking and the yeah. presentation of multiple stories and ideas and viewpoints. I don't think that's how we're taught. I think we're yeah. just taught a series of things and we memorize them and that's what we know. See, I think in a lot of ways that is how we best learn, but that's not how we're taught. And more importantly, that's really not how we're assessed. You know, assessment tends to favor one correct answer. 
Mm-hmm. And when you get into standardized testing and right. benchmarks, you know, right. an eighth grade student should know X, Y, and Z, and we're going to test, do they know it? Right. Um, that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for multiple perspectives. Mm. And challenging the assumptions. Right. So more often than not, I think you get into this type of education once you reach the college level. Correct. Um, if you are so privileged. If you are so privileged, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, if you reach the college level. Yeah. Yeah, because for the most part, colleges don't deal in standardized testing. And I think that's really a good thing. Um, I can't say across the board that standardized tests just don't work. But I know the kind of things that they ask and that they test. And I see a lot of my students in universities um, don't know that stuff. (laughs) Don't know the dates and the names the way you would hope they would after so many years of standardized testing. Um, I mean, it can really go both ways, right? You can can have somebody who's really open-minded, really willing to consider different opinions and takes and perspectives, but just doesn't know the basic facts. Right. And that person is still at a real disadvantage because you do have to know what happened to really be able to consider different perspectives on what happened. Agreed. 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 But what happened can be told from multiple angles. Mm-hmm. Do you start in 1776 or do you start in 1619? Correct. And yeah. that's just one quick example, and, right? And, and Right. And to... Um, the sister who um, created it, because I'm going to forget her name. I'm not going to try. Nicole um, Hannah-Jones. Correct. I knew it was Nicole. I didn't know the hyphen. Hannah, Nicole Hannah-Jones. That's it. It's both and. Mm-hmm. But we can't simply just learn this thing. And then that's all it is. There's no perspective from anyone else mm-hmm. who was there when all of this happened. It's literally one story. Yeah. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about, but that can't be captured in a standardized test. No, I think <laughs> it's if a student, be, this is what you're taught. This is what you should regurgitate. Sure. That's it. And I mean, until we develop a standardized test on the 1619 project, it's probably not going to help you pass that test. Um, and I don't think that that's really its intent. Now, does it want to open your mind? Does it want to make you consider other perspectives, look at two versions of a story and consider which one rings true or which parts of which one rings true? Those are all things we would hope American citizens would be happy to learn. Those are valuable skills. You know, when I was teaching in Indiana years ago, I was teaching at a a college in southern Indiana. I had a student who came in maybe the second day of class asked to meet with me in my office after class. And she came in and she said, so I'm a Christian. You know, I was looking through the syllabus and just these first couple things you had us read. This was in a lit class. And she said, you know, I talked about it with my pastor. And what I've really got to ask you for is just 20 minutes of each class for me to present the Christian point of view. And, you know, tell my classmates, you know, what's wrong with the characters in these stories and sometimes what's wrong with the authors of this story, or else you're really doing the students a disservice. And now this would be a really extreme example. Very. Yeah. What was your response? What was your response? Um, I said no. 
yeah, I mean, there's there's 22 students in the class. I can't give you a third <laughs> of each class. And I don't really know what you mean by the Christian point of view. Correct. Because even I told that. You, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. No, I'm saying even that is exactly what she's t- saying that you're doing. She's doing that by saying yeah, that her right? point of view is the Christian point of view. <laughs> the Christian point of view. Oh. And I said, you know, your your pastor is really putting you in a tough position asking you to come tell your professors this. Because mm-hmm. the second part of her request is if you don't do that, I'll have to drop the class. What does um, that have to do with you? Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I don't think it was a threat, but uh, I was just like, man, you know, I hate to lose you, but if it's an either or, I think you're going to have to drop. And she said, I've been here four years and I've barely gotten like one semester worth of credits because I keep doing this. And, you know, I asked, well, why don't you go to a Christian college? Can't afford it. They're too expensive. Um, so you're beating your head against the expensive wall. Christian yeah. college, Ex- expensive Christian colleges. Yeah. Imagine. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the gist of it was that she came to this college believing that she knew the truth and the right way to live and think. Mm-hmm. And she was on some sort of crusade, I guess, to get even 20 minutes of that truth through (laughs) in every 60 minutes of non-Christian education that I guess I was doing. And by the way, we were reading pretty innocuous stuff. You know, we were reading like some Ernest Hemingway. I can't even remember what issue she took with him, but he wasn't Christian enough, I guess. Um, (laughs) And I mean, I felt bad for this student. It's kind of an absurd situation that she had been put into by someone she trusted. You know, I'm sure she lucked up to this pastor as some kind of mentor who really had her best interests at heart. But man, what what a failure on the part of that pastor. He I'm, wasn't st- doing I'm her still any stuck on the irony of mm. being such a staunch Christian that you would approach your professor. Yeah. So that you could present mm-hmm. the Christian perspective on whatever the topic is yeah but not being able to afford a christian college mm. where maybe your viewpoint <laughs> might be better suited because they're too expensive too expensive but you're a <laughs> you're mm. a staunch everything i i've learned about christ tells me he wouldn't be overcharging for college but <laughs> It's a good. It's point. a Christian college that you can't afford to go to, but you want to come mm-hmm. to my class. It's yeah, people are wild, man, and that's kind of what we're talking about here. We're talking yeah. about, you know, someone praying because that's what that pastor did. He sent her in here in in your to jack her potentially college career up. Oh, he yeah. was willing over to and do over. that. Yeah. He was willing to do that, and so you know, we're talking about. People who are victims, you know, a lot of the middle America, you know, these folks who want to fight back and re, you know, a lot of that meant these people are victims. These people have been kicked in the face by life, man. A lot of these folks are doing Mm -hmm. bad. (laughs) And then there's the folks who are willing to just serve them up on a platter by just feeding them dope through information and, you know, literal dope. 
Yeah, I mean, I couldn't help but think of her as like a pawn in some weird mental crusade that her pastor had in mind. Yeah, it's it's sad, and that's that's and so that go that ties right back into the seventeen seventy six commission that is yeah. going to <laughs> fight back against the implementation of revisionist history in schools. And if it's a return to patriotic education, which is the basis of it, I mean, we, we should probably define that term patriotic, mm-hmm. right? It's patriotic that you love your country no matter what it did, what it does, everything, every choice it's made is right because you love your country. Or do you love your country because it gives you the right to criticize it and you know make it own up to its mistakes and always ask it to become better? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it would depend on really how you define patriotic. We, we, you know, that's the conversation that arose in the uh, Colin Kaepernick situation, right? Who's that the patriot? Right. Yeah. Who's the patriot? And, and it's funny because all of this ties into kind of the origins of our friendship and this podcast in that both of us learned kind of, you know, we, we were led into some of the history that we've been able to go back and acquire through hip hop. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so where would we be, me and you be on this front, especially without, Hip hop. Yeah, I mean, even even the public enemy statement, motherfuck him and John Wayne. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing that and thinking, what John Wayne do? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, he's bumping yeah. on John Wayne. Yeah. What did John Wayne do? <laughs> like, I, barely... I, I didn't know what John Wayne did. I just I just thought about the time period. I was like, ah, he's probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably no, I mean, I remember like my know. dad would lay in front of the TV <laughs> late night watching old John Wayne. Who movie. didn't? I didn't know like what it was about, but uh turns out he said some pretty racist stuff in a Playboy interview in the 70s. Um, he was an advocate of white supremacy, word for word. He said he believed in white supremacy until black Americans got to a place where they could be truly fiscally responsible and societally responsible. Mm. Um, and this was like 1971. So yeah, fuck John Wayne, right? Fuck him. Fuck him. and a lot of people like harken back to that golden age of uh you know where are the public enemies where are the pe's where's the paris's where's the poor righteous teachers the wise intelligence all who've released new albums in the past what two weeks right they all three have new albums. yes 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 i haven't got to paris yet i will and uh wise intelligent definitely i have i have taken in the um oh it's with the snow goons yeah all snow goons production Oh, okay. That's a must. I'm going to yeah. find that immediately. Um, Public Enemy's album is good. It's good, right? And yeah. I saw that the Beastie Boys had an appearance on it. It ends up, it's just <laughs> yeah. a little intro because yeah. they've sworn they're not going to record together after the death of MCA. They've stuck yeah. to it so far. Yeah, yeah. And Chuck talked about that. They, they, they weren't even going to do what they did, but they yeah. said, oh, man, we got to do it for Chuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
And then once he, I think he must've told them maybe that he was going to get, you know, run and D run DMC on it as well. So they were like, no, we got to do it. Yeah. There you go. They tell a little story about the first time they heard the PE demo tapes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, You know, we wanted to get back to music a little bit on this episode. We're there now. To tie it in with the issues, right? We're there now. Yeah. So a couple of great albums have dropped very recently. And I want to hear what Dave has been listening to. Well, let's 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 rewind back. Okay. Because I came in here today to actually say something to you. Okay. And it's awesome because even in part one in the previous episode, um, I made reference to um, you know, your your um your reading prowess, right? <laughs> and how much more of a prolific reader you are than I am. But I was listening back to one of our older podcasts and I made a commitment to myself that that's going to stop. I'm going to catch up. Oh, I'm going to just start reading shit. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But I said, what would even be more special is if obviously you listening to music and me reading, it's going to take me a lot longer, but in some way we have to implement that. You're going to listen to mainstream hip hop. Oh, more mainstream. (laughs) Yeah. That's a fair trade. You're going to have to make me some playlists and give me some information on some releases and some guys that you checked out and and let me know how you feel. And I'm going to catch up with, you know, reading, white fragility and all of this stuff that you mentioned in all of these podcasts that I'm like, I never read that. I would so. go with white rage over white fragility. <laughs> go with Carol Anderson. Okay. Okay. So you make, you make me a reading list. I'm going to okay. make you a, I'm going to give you an album playlist because yeah, you text me the other day about the new well, not really about the new West Side Gun album. <laughs> I see where this is going. <laughs> so, you text me about a cameo. Yeah. On this new West Side Gun album, Who Can Make the Sunshine, I believe. Mm-hmm. The Great Slick Rick. Ooh. Two verses. The original storyteller. The original storyteller mm-hmm. that's still all i've listened to on that album <laughs> so now that's so now your your first assignment is finishing that album true fair enough so that 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 recently dropped um what else recently dropped um Conway actually from the same camp, Conway the Machine. Now I have like, listened to dropped that one. an album. Yeah. What did you think about that? I thought it was great. It's a really good album. I like that album a lot. I I was I'm impressed, actually. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. 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 I thought so, the the Freddie Gibbs, this is going back a little bit, but I like that one quite a bit too. Alfredo. Okay. Okay. Now you see now you're in my world, man. I okay, like it. Okay. I like it. I like it. This I don't is know where I'm at. Would you call Freddie Gibbs mainstream? I don't know. Well, no, but he might be mainstream in your world, man. Yeah. <laughs> People know about him. That tends to be 
Because, yeah, I mean, I'll admit my favorite recent album is Recognize Ali. You see? There you go. Who I've collaborated with. Shouts out to um, Recognize Ali. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. there you go. Now, but what about Spillage Village? Spillage Village? Okay. So, you know I'm a huge Dreamville fan. Okay. Love Earth Gang. Love Jid, J-I-D. Um, love Mariba. Love mm-hmm. all the Spillage Village stuff until this one. Mm. This one to me was a little bit of a disappointment. Mm. It's it leans really R and B. Now I have a I have a confession. Okay. Well, it's not much. It's not a confession. You know, I don't. You know, I don't have a playlist full of Spillage Village stuff. I do. I like Earth Gang. I like Jid. You know, I hear what I hear. I acknowledge what they do. I'm not really like. I don't really listen to them like that so i but i said in the vein of what i'm speaking of in terms of us getting into each other's worlds a little bit more i said i'm going to listen to this okay because you know i converse with mickey on a podcast and this is like his these are like his favorite guys right now so i want to be i'm gonna give it a shot and it's not like i have anything against them i like i like some of their stuff and I left saying I haven't heard a lot of their projects, so this might be how they give it up. And if Mickey lo- loves this, then hey, it's all good. Not my cup of tea. Yeah. But now you're saying it was <laughs> a bit of a a bit of a a, uh. a, a a shift for you. And I mean, I, I'm not even a Jid fan. I'm a Jid stan. Like I, I have mean, a picture. You go hard, man. I have a picture of me and Jid on my syllabus. I went to an in-store he did in Philly about three years ago, and I still keep that picture on the front of my syllabus. Wow. But oh, somehow this one just let me down. I was really excited. It just didn't deliver for me. Okay. Well, I don't feel bad then, because yeah, I you know, I got through it. But yeah. I I wasn't gonna go back. I mean, um, you know, and you know, shouts out to them brothers. Yeah, and, um, yeah, because they're super talented. Sure. But I, you know, I guess they were trying something. Yeah, and I mean, the story behind the album, like they quarantined together so they could record this thing, okay. and I mean, okay. it's just such this group effort. But okay, I mean, they're super yeah. rappers. Like, yeah. they can rap. So it wasn't, you know, it's nothing like that. It's just. Yeah, musically it wasn't my it wasn't my it wasn't my deal, but I just chalked it up as kind of like I said, I'm I'm not really, you know, I don't really I acknowledge them, but I'm not really like into their music. So I figured, hey, this is just how they get down. And, you know, it's not really for me, but apparently it wasn't really for yeah. you either. <laughs> they slowed it down, you know, like and they've yeah. always had the slower stuff, but I don't know. It, the slower stuff felt like more of a break between like the real rapping songs okay. before. And on this one, it's almost the other way around. Right. 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 Cause I, yeah. Cause I've heard them harmonizing and stuff like that, especially earth gang. They're always, sure. they're always singing something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was, yeah, this was, yeah, they went, yeah. they went, they went a little left on this one, I but hey, bad man, they, they have to be able to, they have to be yeah. able to. So I salute them for being, you know, brave and experimental and, yeah. you know, just got to just go with it. And know? go back and listen to the old Spillage Village mixtapes. Um, yeah. I mean, you'll, 
you'll hear that their sound is developed and changed over mm-hmm. time. And there was always this element there. It's just much more foregrounded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of, um, did you get a chance to listen to Saw Rock? Love it. Yeah. Sharecropper's daughter. I'm, I'm going to, uh, so of the recent, recent, so recent, recent, I would say Conway, um, the West Side Gun project that just dropped. There's a, a Boldy James project that dropped fairly recently. Um, and then anything else that came down that pipe. So let's say in the last month. Sarak is probably close to the best project I've heard. Yeah, that, I would put it up. Of there. the recent times. I mean, I really like the Conway project. I like I like oh. that he, you know, the sound of it in contrast to like what, you know, they are known for. And like, you know, so I like, and he had like the hip boy stuff. I really like the Nas project, man. Mm. I really like the Nas project. I need to listen to that more. I yeah. gave it a couple of listens when it first came out. And- yeah. It, 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 you got it. It, it was a, it, it kind of a slow burn for me too. Yeah. Cause on, a, on my first listen, I was like, eh, because I think, mm-hmm. I think, I know for me, Nas, you know, Nas is my favorite. So if I had to say, you know, who's my favorite really is Nas is my favorite. But so, you know, there's like an obvious drop off. You know what I mean? Like he's, you know, he's Jordan on the Wizards. Like he's, you know, he's a middle-aged millionaire. You know what I mean? He's not sneaking Uzis on the island in his army jacket lining. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, he's not that guy anymore. So, you know. Who was it that showed him his first tech? Oh, Jay. <laughs> on tour with Large Professor, yeah. Um, That's right. So, but the the music, the production, the the just the songs, they're good. They're good songs. But, this Sarak project yeah. is good. She has not dropped off. No, it's lyrically. almost like a steady build to this album. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I enjoyed really it. happy with that. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Shouts out to Sarak. Matter of fact, we we should give um we'll give producer Anthony um something to Twenty minute, twenty second, twenty minute. No, he can't do twenty minutes. <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> twenty twenty second little drop. Just a, um, I don't think Cy Rock would send a cease and desist if we um, <laughs> played a little bit of her music, man. Um, cause yeah, I, I was really impressed. I'm not your typical rap chick. I'm picking a litter. They kind of pick up a mic and become mythical figure. My spitter flood every station with a flick of the spigot. Then I turn my back on the nation with a sickening pivot. This isn't a litany about titties or sexual proclivities. I'm more widely known for my hippocampus and hips and thighs. Cause when my blues hit the canvas, another Gibson cries. And I embrace every rift and escape before the lipstick dries eyes. You know, I've I've been into high energy stuff other than that. I mean, I wouldn't say that's low energy at all, but what do you think of Denzel Curry? I haven't listened enough. I've heard okay. enough to know that he's he he he's got talent, but I yeah. couldn't tell you, you know, you know who I like in that world? Cause I was thinking I was thinking about him 
when I was listening to like the Jid and Earth Gang stuff, mm. Isaiah Rashad. Yeah. I was like, well, Mickey should love Isaiah Rashad if he's into like the kids who Kendrick raised. That's what I call them. Kids who were raised by Kendrick. I think that's Kendrick. fair. Yeah. <laughs> with, yeah the, I, with the little Lil Wayne and yeah, Goody Mob yeah. doing him for the Atlanta guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I think Isaiah Rashad is dope. Yeah, for sure. Denzel Curry has a new one with Kenny Beats doing all the production. Okay, I saw I saw that. I didn't get to hear it yet. I saw that. Yeah, it's called Unlocked. It came out, I don't know, a couple months back. It's only like 24 minutes. It's pretty short. Okay, um, I, love, but, I love the short albums. But I caught Denzel Curry did like a 15-minute set the other night. Bonnaroo had some kind of virtual concert. Ah, uh, and it was good. I mean, it was one of those remote concerts, just him and a DJ in a room with nobody. Word. But yeah, I mean, anything I've seen of him live, you can look up. He does this Red Bull like rap battle in a boxing ring. Okay. So you can look up on YouTube and you can see at least parts of it. You can see uh, Denzel Curry versus Flatbush Zombies. Nice. Uh, there's a Denzel Curry versus Jid. Uh, they're pretty cool performances. They all take place inside a boxing ring, and like they got the announcer. Everybody's just like standing out as if they're watching a boxing match. That's dope. I'll check it out. Yeah, the Flatbush yeah. Zombies is probably the best one. Okay, I'll check it out. They're wild. They're some wild dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're from yeah. close to where you grew up, I assume, <laughs> That's right? the hood, man. That's the hood. Or they named it after you, at least. That's I think the they're hood. actually from no, there. No, I think they're from there. Yeah, yeah. Not like I, Cypress um, Hill. Because from the um, other coast. Yeah, yeah, they because Joey Joey Badass is from that side too. Yeah, there you go. Who oh. I just I just was given information the other day that Joey Badass's mom went to high school with me. And <laughs> that, that blows my mind. And one of my students from Writer, who you met, John Grattan, he did a lot of production work on that All American Badass album, Joey Badasses. Dope. Yeah. Dope. John's the homie, man. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, he used to work at the Cutting Room, and now he's got his own studio in Philly. Nice. Uh, yeah, John Grattan works with a lot of people. Nice, nice. I know he's um, making that transition, but I remember him going back to New York, so I guess he finally, he eventually got yeah. back down. Yeah. I think he's pretty established in Philly at this good, point. Good, good, good. No, man, John's the man. Yeah, yeah you oh, guys man. met up at some point. You got to see the studio and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we hung out a couple times. That's cool. Yeah, I got a couple times. So what's going to be on this list of mainstream hip-hop that you're preparing for me? I got to know, who have I missed over the years? No, 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 no. It's not like anything like that. Although I guess I could do that. Mm -hmm. I could do that. I was just talking about like more um, just getting you to listen to other stuff that's not weird. <laughs> so I was just going to give you a non weird no rap <laughs> list of like, current, of like current stuff. But so you, who's somebody I listen to who's weird just so I can <laughs> figure out this term. Who's somebody weird I listen to? Nah, man. Nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. It's not that, they're, it's not that they're weird. I'm putting quotations around weirdo <laughs> rap. I'm probably considered a weirdo rapper in certain circles. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I just don't listen to weirdo rap. <laughs> so I'm just, Yeah, I got you. I listen to a little weirdo rap. I listen to good rap. And yeah. some of the weirdo rappers 
are some of my favorite rappers. You you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. so Earl Sweatshirt, I'll give okay. you something that I Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Earl Sweatshirt would be considered weird. a weirdo rapper. Straight Earl's, down the line from MF Doom, who would also be considered, I think. Exactly. Good call. Exactly. And these terms aren't going to offend either of these guys. I exactly. I didn't want to, because I almost, I was going to say somebody that would be like, <laughs> hey, what you talking about? But, but yeah, they'll embrace being weirdo rappers. And you know, I'll so, tell you a blind spot for me. Yeah. And this is going to hurt a lot of my friends' feelings, I know. Beanie Siegel. I just barely know anything about Beanie Siegel. Yeah. And see... That's that's so when you said what's going to be on a playlist going back in history, that's when I started thinking of our 20 for 20 challenge yeah. and how like I'm throwing out these like cultural moments <laughs> and you're like, no, the Mr. Green and um <laughs> thing Molly. album was the best album yeah. that year. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So if we, if I have to go, if we're gonna go back in the annals of history, I can pull a whole crap. I lean more. I'll have you listening to to Jeezy TM one on one or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? (laughs) We can. I can pull from all kinds of places that I know you weren't anywhere near. But I was just me. I just meant like. uh, But I we'll do that. We'll do that. I got my mainstream. We'll we'll keep the. We'll keep the. Um. I got some blind spots. We'll keep the audience. We'll keep the audience abreast. So you'll okay. come in one day and you'll tell me about the becoming. You'll mm-hmm. do a whole breakdown, <laughs> and you know, at some point, I'll come in and I'll talk to you about you know, race matters. I, I just happened okay. to read, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going back to the nineties on that too, I guess. So we gonna, you know, we're gonna, we just gonna. I'm just, I'm listening to you. So okay. I'm listening to you. So I'm, 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 I'm gonna start being conscious about <laughs> grabbing, even if I got an audio book while I'm working. I'm, I'm gonna start catching up on some hey, of these things, but yes, but yes, you need to listen to some Beanie Siegel. You see, some of the some of this stuff, and as your friend, I've probably been doing you a disservice in some um, way, shape, or form by not pushing you to um, do more of this. But you know, you're not just a professor and a molder of young minds, as we talked about the <laughs> other day. I joked with you the other day. That's right. You're, you're a cultural, you're a cultural uh, critic. Uh, not That's critic, true. but weigher in on. You can call me a cultural critic, cultural sure. commentator. Yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? Because you're not, you're not critical of anything. Well, you know, you're critical of what you're critical of. But I'm saying you're not sure. in it for the sake of being critical. Yeah, I'm not trying to bash on you. Yeah. So you're, you're a cultural commentator. You're, you know, hip hop. You've done his, his. You know, history, historic reference, you know, guide type, real academic hip hop writing. And then you have kind of like your hip hop journey kind of, yeah. you know, so you're both in. And so, you know, you got to, you know, we can't be Philly hip hop. You got to know, you got to be versed See, in Beanie Siegel, man. Look the at same that, way. Right? You know, Anybody same I know way. in Philly just turned off the podcast. <laughs> the same way you went looking for crown rulers, you know, because you're a historian, man. Like, we got to, yeah. Crown rulers out of Camden, New Jersey. Yeah, Grand Poobah. One of the greatest and, album and covers the DJ? in hip hop history. MC's Grand Poobah, right? 
Grand Poobah and oh my god, what not is not of brand Nubian fame. What is the DJ's name? I can't remember. Yeah, I've lost that. You know, it's you know, speaking ready rock, right? No, you might be right. You might be right. It's a long no already. Well, I know Ready Rock was down with um, Royal Rocker. Royal Rocker, because Ready Rock yeah. is the beatbox for um, Jazzy Fresh and. Jazzy, Jazzy Jeff, Jeff and, the and the Fresh Prince. Jazzy Fresh, Fresh. and the <laughs> Deaf and the Deaf Prince. <laughs> I guarantee you, there's a Jazzy Fresh out there. <laughs> and the Jeff Prince. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> of course, Royal Rocker and Grand Poobah. Not the same Grand Poobah from Brand, Brand Nubian or Masters of Camden, Ceremony. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're gonna get you. We're gonna get you there. But yeah, yeah um, really like the Cy Rock album. I gotta check oh, yeah. out that uh denzel curry stuff i heard a song from locksmith today Ooh, yeah called black holocaust Ooh, i want to hear that you have to hear that one and you um, know when people ask where are the pe's and the parises well there is one mm-hmm. there's yeah. Locksmith. yeah 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 and he he gets busy it's not even i mean you know besides the content yeah but if you're like a rapidy rap. Yeah. He's a he's like a rapper's rapper's rapper. He had a great freestyle on one of the BET awards maybe like did. five years ago. Yeah, he was right he before did. Dead Prez. He did. I can't remember, yeah, but I remember so I remember good. him killing something. Yeah. He's killed Sway a bunch of times too. Like oh, just, yeah. you know, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah, you gotta hear that one. That was I, I was actually, you know, what happens when you um on these DSPs when you know you're done listing that one mm-hmm. thing, it just keeps going, but it curates based on that thing. So it was like I was I I was like in the shower while um Cyrock's album was playing, and it just it went into like they gave me this locksmith joint. I was like, oh, what's that? Yeah, yeah you know, Bobby yeah. Sessions has a new one out too. Again, another another yeah, new one. Okay. 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 Yeah, I enjoyed outside of the his last big one. ghostwriting gig, or not even ghostwriting because his name's on the stuff, but he's been writing for a lot of big names. Nice. nice. Yeah, he's got a new I like the I like that last project you put me on to. Oh yeah. Really love Bobby Sessions. And again, when people say, you know, where are the rappers who are gonna comment on all this shit going on? There's one of them. Absolutely yeah, Bobby yeah, Sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, when you know, and we're doing our part, so that's that's the main thing, yeah. you know. We're 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 here and we're in the fight because you know I I hear these you know, I see Locksmith I hear I see these guys and I'm like, yeah, this is the brightest and oh, like best of our culture, and it's just like completely ignored by those who are in power to shine light on things. You know what I mean? And oh, absolutely. That so. It's funny because you look at you look at things and you're like you don't want your favorite artists to get kind of like sucked up into the vacuum that is the mainstream. Yeah. And all that that entails. But you want your favorite artists to be heard by everyone. Yeah, and you know make enough of a living to keep doing it and to be able to sustain themselves. Correct. And yeah. so that kind of um you know that that dance there's is has always been i mean and 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 i you know i'm a practitioner right so 
Absolutely. It's even in my own life. It's like, should I just make one of these and just try and get on? <laughs> or do I just keep doing what I do? And just, you know what I mean? Knowing that it may not, you know, because I know people, you know, jazz rapper, like I rap. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? Like I, and, and we, and I'm, and like I said, I'm a weirdo rapper probably, but I don't listen to weirdo rap. So, <laughs> you know, like I, you know, I could, I, you know, but it just, I don't know. It's just, I, you know, you want to make what you want to make and you want to make it for the people who, you know, for the reasons why you got into it in the first place. And it's from, you know, from, from, from a lot of our vantage points is just like, I always wanted to make joints that if anybody was going to be like, yo, I love it. It would have been like another MC or artist that I, that would have been that like. That means a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love yeah. hearing from another writer who picked up yeah. something of mine. Yeah. And on, on the other end of the spectrum, I mean, I make sure if I like something, I tell the person. Yeah. You know, I send them a quick email, you know, mention them in a tweet, whatever. Just say, hey, I like yeah. this. That show really love. keeps people doing it. Yeah. You got to show love, man. I, I, You know, look, man, I've we've probably both been at, at those crossroads more than once. And you got that email or text message or sometimes... I'll randomly just get a Facebook thing from somebody and it's like, Oh, I love you. It's me from Kazakhstan. I love you. <laughs> Trump digs. And it's like, man, oh, yeah. shit, man. That fuels you for like the next <laughs> yeah. year. Yeah. man. Cause it's like you're screaming into the void. It's like yeah. you put this stuff out and you don't even know if anybody's really heard it. Right. Yeah. So it means yeah. a lot. If you like something, just tell the person it's pretty yeah. easy. To look somebody that's why up. I try. That's why I try and show love. Everybody's so fucking cool, man. Yeah. That, you know, you show somebody love and it's like, yeah, you already like the <laughs> fuck do that mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You just assume everybody loves it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I usually go the other way. I usually assume, man, people must hate this fucking thing. I wrote, <laughs> Because nobody said anything. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I'll, I'll give a shout out to, to somebody I don't know if he's well known or not. I just discovered him over the past couple of years, but I've watched this one battle probably a hundred times, just over <laughs> and over. I, I may have sent it to you at one point. I'm not sure. It's this guy, Bill Collector. Bill Collector. Bill he's Collector. a battle rapper from yeah. the other side of Philly, I think, Norristown. Yeah. And he's got yeah, this battle he labeled when losing weight goes wrong. And it's <laughs> hilarious. And and the rapping is amazing, but the wit and the humor, it just puts it over the top. And his opponent starts out like bragging about having recently lost weight. And then when Bill Collector comes up for his turn, you can imagine, <laughs> you can imagine what he's got to work with. <laughs> but Man, he takes this guy down. It's vicious, but it, it's so funny. Uh, I can't stop watching it. Uh, I'm gonna so find a little that. shout out to Bill Collector. You know, practice what we preach uh, about showing love when we like something. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I've got to ask Dave. You know, with this euphemism of weird rap, level with me. Do I listen to white guy rap? Do I listen to to the kind of rap you expect a white guy to listen to? Well, and we we've because we've and no, I'm not running away from that because we we've, right. we've talked about that on the podcast. 
I think that, you know, well, you have, you just have eclectic tastes as well. So there's, there's some of that is just, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you got into like the, 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 fin, the finish rap at one point, like you just be, <laughs> you just get into like other shit. You know what I mean? So that that's just a Mickey thing. I don't think that's a that's a color thing. I think that's a Mickey thing. So there's some of that, but I also, I, you know, when we talked about um, that because I never, I had never gave it any thought really before that. But you know how my vantage point of the lived experience may draw me to different rappers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's not always maybe a skill level thing with some of the guys that I like. It's more of their ability to paint, Yeah, you know, an authentic picture of you know where we come from so you see yourself and your experience reflected in the music correct yeah correct and sense. how that you know if it was strictly skill if it was strictly like this is audibly pleasing to me for whatever you know whatever i computed to be you know to like i like that mm. it and there's some of that. There's there's people who have the skill that Ghostface being one of them. Oh yeah. Who like, you know, if he's getting into like he could he gets into the experience and you know, there's things that he says that I can relate to from that level, but his delivery of this information is what part of what draws you to him and then he's got the other side where he's just saying off the wall shit that you just <laughs> are gonna you know you're just gonna yeah. be into that yeah him so, and greg nice go about as out there with their rhymes as you can go mm -hmm. and those mm -hmm. guys are both weirdos when they rhyme i think correct correct but then it's like that's whoa because yeah. whoa whoa might be weirdo rap if they weren't whoa true Right, it's you know, it's 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 kung fu, Shaolin, yeah. like it's monk, like that's you know what I mean, like it's just they also come from the environment, and you know, or ain't nothing to fuck with to be corny. That's right. Um, <laughs> they can be funny, but it's dead serious. It's dead serious, you know what I mean, and so, but yeah, yeah, so I. I and that's why I wanted to build on, you know, because I could have easily just said, yes, it's white boy rap just for the joke <laughs> of it. But in all honesty, True. you know, I, I've saw that I've seen that pattern a couple of times. Like I said, especially when you're doing the 2020, you're throwing stuff out and I'm throwing stuff out mm -hmm. and I'm like, OK, he's just liking what he likes, which is what you're supposed to do. That's it. That's it exactly. Just, you know, I like this. You know what I mean? But there's certain projects that I feel culturally responsible for having heard. 
Like Beanie Siegel, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. know that's a blind spot. Yeah. 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 And I but, guess where you talk about like seeing a reflection of yourself in the music, I mean, that's why for years I avoided ever listening to a rapper like Yellow Wolf. Like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to see some guy that looks like the guy that worked at the gas station where I grew up in Kentucky. I, there's no yeah. way I'm going to like his music. <laughs> and then last year I caught a little freestyle. Well, first, first of all, on the ASAP Rocky one train, mm-hmm. I thought Yellow, Yellow Wolf's verse was pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. That was maybe the first time I heard him when I was like, wow, this, this is Yellow Wolf? He can rap. It sounds pretty good. And then uh, I saw a freestyle he put up called Mountain Dew Mouth. I mm. love it. Um, it's as like southern, like white trash stereotype as you can get, which is why mm-hmm. I always stayed away from his music, but it's mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yellow Wolf can rap. <laughs> but no so that that's well and that's that's a great way to even bring all of this to a close mm. because it it's it's what brings us to I was going to say to this place but we're in two different places but you know what I mean well we're we're in the same place right now you know what I mean cuz what is space and time <laughs> We're on pandemic time. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're together. That's it. So this is the new, this is new, this is together in 2020. That's it. And Anthony's here too with us. <laughs> but you came into hip hop looking for a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I came into hip hop in many ways to help like foster my perspective. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Like I was, I'm directly identifying with these guys who are older than me, who I look up to and I'm learning from them, not just learning from them. Like, you know, Eli Whitney, Holly Selassie, you know, Granville Woods made the walkie-talkie, you know. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm learning like, yo, that's how you carry yourself. Ah, there you go. You know what I mean? So I'm not, I'm I'm also learning manhood. Like I'm just looking at them as, as figures for bad and wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Bad and wrong. I mean, bad and Right and wrong. I'm sorry. There you go. Like, you know, I'm learning from these guys though. So it's a deeper in on in, on that level. Like I'm not going in it to learn anything different. Or like I'm I'm going in there to like learn, period, kind of. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because you you the obvious diversity of the situation you came in from a completely different place because it's just like, I want to learn about this shit. And had to, <laughs> exactly, and had to learn, but, but you don't emulate these guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you can learn a lot about their perspective and use that to absolutely better yourself, expand your mind. But, yeah. you know, you're not necessarily supposed to like practice Jam Master J's walk in the mirror. 
Yeah. You know, you're like a you're like an eleven year old white kid in Science Hill, Kentucky. You know what? I mean it's a it's a it's an inside out outside in kind of relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. so but the respect is is mutual and you know, we've been able to 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 you know build a friendship by not trying to be the same, you know, <laughs> you know, exactly. and not, not needing to be the same, you know, and just respecting each other's right to be. Now, if education could pull that off, <laughs> if society could yeah. pull that off. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think my first year of college, I moved to Louisville, Kentucky, went to mm-hmm. university of Louisville. And that was a huge city to me. It was like two hours right. from where I grew up. Right. Um, it seemed like the big city for real. And I remember I, I knew there was a place called Dr. Dan's Hip Hop Shop. It was like a clothing store. Okay. And I talked my roommate into going there with me. And like the stuff they sold at the time, it looked like the way Tribe Called Quest dressed on that first album. <laughs> <laughs> Very Afrocentric. Um and the three guys at the counter thought it was hilarious <laughs> that I walked in there. They weren't mean about it. They weren't dismissive. They weren't condescending, but they got, they got such a, kick a kick out of it. Out of I bet. I bet. And then I got a kick out of them getting a kick out of it. <laughs> That's cool. Um, they made me feel completely welcome. Um, I didn't even buy anything. I was about to say, <laughs> did you buy a dashiki? I didn't. I didn't buy a dashiki. And I'm glad I didn't. I probably just thought at the time it was too expensive. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. But yeah, I mean, it was really cool that they thought it was hilarious that I walked in there, but uh, they were super cool. You know, it didn't make me feel, I don't know, like I shouldn't be there. It's just yeah. funny that I was. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, not even being able to um, step back and not take yourself so seriously yeah is at the root of a lot of these conflicts because i mean we definitely have the term white fragility and that book definitely has its advantages there's also male fragility male fragility too absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah i mean don't take yourself so seriously in every situation right yeah there's a way um kind of laugh together even if it is kind of the joke is on you or it's at your expense but you're in on the joke at the same time yeah look man you know i I've come to the kind of realization that, you know, like we're everything and nothing at the same time, man. So it's like, it ain't that deep. It's really, really deep, but it ain't that deep. <laughs> like that's how I live. Like it really is that deep, but it ain't that deep. Like, um, I like that. Like, why are you tripping? What are we tripping over? <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll be here and then we won't. Yeah. And maybe we'll be back again. Who knows? I don't know. That's not the podcast for that, for this, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, and you know that's that's the respect, and that's where that's where you know that's where we come to this to this space from, man. Just trying to be an example. I think that is if anyone takes anything from a guest in the house, it is the example that this experiment of people from different backgrounds and different upbringings and different DNA or whatever, ancestry, whatever, can coexist, can be friends. 
And if you're a teacher and the 1619 project doesn't do it for you, you feel like it's divisive, you feel like it's insulting to white people, take a look at your curriculum, take a look at your syllabus and, and see who's writing the history. If it's all written by white folks, 1619 is not the only thing you can choose to include, but definitely include some diversity in there. You know, get some black historians, some Latinx historians. Um, some LB native historians, yeah, absolutely. Um, bring in a little bit of disability studies. I mean, it, yeah, you don't want to have every perspective the same in one classroom. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And the other thing is. <laughs> When you disagree with something, you should immediately, or when something is said or that doesn't resonate with you or makes you feel uncomfortable, the first thing you should do after that is seek out verification on the information. Mm -hmm. So if you're triggered by the 1619 Project or the questioning of the forefathers or the removal of monuments or anything like that, Or any claims made by any of folks who would be in support of any of those things. Don't get mad. Just prove your point. Mm -hmm. Just go out, go, go out. But you see, we're not, we're not sharing information because we just, everyone is just, you know, drawing a line. And that's why we're in a bad place right now because people can spend 24 hours hearing their point of view only <laughs> and that's that's why we we are where we are and you know like i said we're just here trying to uh you know we agree on most shit so i guess we not we're not the greatest example of that <laughs> but still 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 i think we agree on a lot of shit because you know Shit, some shit's just common sense, and we we're, we're we're two common sense guys. That's true. That's true. So with that, my brother, I think we clipped an hour. I think so. Look at that—an hour yeah. and two minutes. Look Check at us that. out, creeping up on it. Podcasting. Well, I hope it was <laughs> a worthwhile hour for people on the listening. It end. was for me, bro. It was for Same me. Here. And I if you guys out there it. like the podcast, let us know. Um, we're pretty easy to reach. You can find us everywhere. Email, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. We're easy to find. Um, yeah, just man. say, hey, I like that. Yeah, let's 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 continue the dialogue. Holler at us, man. You know, I I got a couple couple homies that'll um send me a text every once in a while. Shout out to um most VP done, my man Tunes. He'll he'll shoot me and like yo when you said blah 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 you know what I mean so yeah man we like that we like that y'all can do it in public too man you can show public <laughs> support for us too you don't gotta text me all That's the time it. and That's say yo true. good shit drum you you <laughs> could you could make you could let it be known we appreciate that we we want to grow too yeah you know hopefully a few people hear it yeah 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 but either way I'm having a blast. Um, I look forward to them. Sometimes I don't feel like talking, 
And so, you know, just being able to kick it with you and catch up and all of that and talk to Anthony, see what's going on Definitely. in his world, man, it, it, it's therapeutic, brother. Absolutely. What? With that? With that? That's it, right? I think that that's all we need. All right. You want to close this out or is it my turn? Um, well, let's do it. Uh, we're closed out. I'm Nikki. <laughs> I'm Trom Diggs, a.k.a. David Shanks. This is a Guest Niles podcast. Peace, love, and black power. See you next time. <laughs> Peace out. I know it's a daily hustle. I just want to get to know you. Underneath the picture, perfect just to hold you. Cause it's my whole truth, one proof. Just wait around and see what I do. I'll show you some real.